0: Good morning family. Um, I am so excited for today as we open up the book of Psalms. It's a book filled with such richness um, in the Word of God. So many things for us to learn, so many things for us to discover. And um, I've once heard someone say that the Psalms are like God's playlist. (laughs) If he would have a Spotify playlist, the Psalms is what we would find on there. And my prayer is over the next few weeks as we tune in, to God's playlist that we would hear his heartbeat for us and the Psalms have got so much and this morning we're going to open up in the foundation Psalm which is Psalm 1. Now before we do I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you to think back maybe of a recent moment when you just knew that something great is is about to start or has just started or is happening Right at the beginning of it, let me explain. Maybe recently you woke up one day and you just knew that today is going to be one of those great days. It might be that it's awesome weather and you know the plans for the day, and you just know right at the beginning this is going to be awesome. Or maybe you've gone on a trip, uh, maybe not recently but once before, you got onto a plane or into a car or maybe even onto a train and you just have that sense that man this is going to be great. Maybe some of you Uh, youngsters who've been writing exams lately, you start that exam paper and within the first 10 minutes, you just know this is going to be a good write. That sense at the beginning that what lies ahead is going to be good. I sometimes sense that when I watch a movie. Within the first 10 minutes, I know this is going to be a fantastic movie. Sometimes you eat a meal and that first bite is just like goodness. How amazing is this food? And you look forward to the rest of it. And I believe that's the sense we will have as we study Psalm 1 today. That there's this, this awakening in our hearts that what is ahead throughout the book of the Psalms is going to be so good. It's going to be so refreshing. It's going to be so great to each one of us. My prayer is that you won't only wait for Sundays to go through the Psalms, but it's impossible for us to preach through all of it. We're going to just do five of them, but lean in. Read the Psalms, maybe two, three sometimes in your own devotional time and let's see what God has for us. So as we start in Psalm 1 today, the foundation Psalm of the entire book, let your heart be ready with expectation of the great that is ahead of us. So let's read Psalm 1. I'm going to read from the ESV translation. You can follow in your Bibles or on screen. Blessed In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God, I pray as we open up the book of Psalms and this very first foundational Psalm, Psalm 1 today, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to hear that in the way we listen to your word and apply it would be acceptable worship to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the preacher to all of our hearts today and that you would breathe life over the words of the Psalm and that you would use me however you want to want to, to bring your message to your people. I pray that in Jesus name. Amen. I just want to start off by saying what a way to start a book. The very first opening thought is the word blessed. (laughs) That puts a whole lot of expectation in my heart that God would open up the longest book in the Bible, 150 chapters, with the word blessed. A glorious exclamation a benedictory word a word of blessing to God's people I can imagine the psalmist writing Psalm 1 probably not knowing that this is going to be Psalm 1 but in his heart he was obviously that's the heart of God is to bless the heart of God is to bless man and I'm going to write about the blessed man's life and what that looks like And then throughout the book of Psalms, there's more exclamations and explanations about what the blessed man and blessed woman's life will look like. Let me quickly direct your thoughts to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1. When God made man, the word says that he created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female, and then it says this, and God blessed them. That's the heart of God revealed in the beginning of the story and in the beginning of Psalm 1, that God is a God who desires to bless man. Jesus opens up the Sermon on the Mount, the famous sermon where people have been following Him for some time and, and He's ready to teach them the ways of God and He climbs up a little hill and He's about to preach and He opens up with the exact same words, Blessed is, and He continues. Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So right here in the beginning of the book of Psalms, again, God's heart is revealed. That He is a God who leans in. That He is a God who says, I want to bless you. I want to bless man. And throughout Psalms, we see this beautiful invitation. This beautiful exclamation that God He's ready to bless. He's ready to bless us in the green pastures, on the righteous paths. He's even willing to bless us in the valley of the shadow of death when we walk through it. Blessed it is to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed it is to know that the sacrifices that God delights in is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Blessed it is knowing that with clean hands and pure hearts we can ascend the hill of Yahweh the Lord. That's the message of the Psalms right at the beginning and right throughout, that God wants to have us have a blessed life. Now we have a problem. <laughs> the moment I say blessed, there's a lot of thoughts that come to mind. You see, the word blessed has become a cheap hashtag, slapped onto ordinary things, half-hearted praise to materialistic things and experiences and short-lived offerings in this world. Some find it a more richer and longer, lingering, deeper meaning in the word blessed in a place maybe or in relationships and people. But when God says blessed, <laughs> he doesn't just think blessed. He means a whole lot of business. We study this word blessed not just in Psalm 1 but throughout. In the original language, the intent is this, a truly happy, a truly, fully satisfied person. So when the Psalms open up, it says, blessed is the man. It's saying the truly happy man, not the half happy man or the somewhat happy man, the truly, fully satisfied, happy man looks like this. You see, the psalmist, he intends to give us true happiness. And then through the rest of the Psalm, he says, I'm going to describe the way there. And he says this in essence, that the truly happy person is the one who discovers the Lord, Yahweh's ways. I'm going to say that again. The truly happy person, the true blessed person, is the one who discovered the Lord's, Yahweh the Lord's ways. It's not just a momentary hashtag blessed happiness, but a deep, soul-satisfying, life-altering all-sustaining, constant, walking always inside of it, happiness. Don't you want that? (laughs) Come on, I certainly do. And right in the beginning of this book, we are invited into such a state. The psalmist then continues and, and he paints, like an artist, two different pictures, almost two different portraits. On the one side, he paints a detailed portrait of the blessed, flourishing, righteous person with a whole lot of color and detail. And then on the other side, he has a quick outline sketch of the fading, unrighteous person. So he goes and and he looks at these two people, these two portraits of a godly, flourishing man and an ungodly, fading individual. Verse 1 to 3 has got all this colorful expression And in verse 4 to 6, there's a quick mention of the ungodly. And even in there, he puts in another promise about the godly that we'll see in a moment. It's a little bit like this painting by van Gaal. Now, this painting is called Patience Escalier, which is the man in this image. But van Gaal, being one of the most incredible masters of art over the decades, has put a whole lot of detail And you can look at that even emotion, and essence into painting this man. He said of this painting that I like to paint men and women with that certain something of the eternal. And if you ever go look up this painting, Patience Escalier, and look at it in depth, you'll just see there's a lasting sense in this. And this is what I would like to call today the portrait of the blessed, flourishing, righteous person. But then on the other side, we also have just an outline sketch. Not so much detail given on the fading unrighteous person. And I'm using these two as an analogy today to to try and get your heart here and say, when we think about the blessed life, when we think about living in that true happiness, God sees a masterpiece that he wants to create in us. But some of us just settle for the outlines and the invitation at the beginning of this book is that you can be blessed in the fullness of the master's work in your life. So let's study the blessed, flourishing, righteous person. The first thing that the psalmist does here is he colors in around the person. doesn't quite yet colors in the person, but he uses language to describe this person by saying that this person is not like this. The first three statements there, says, this person doesn't esteem the counsel of the wicked. What that means is that the, the righteous person doesn't give any attention to or, or any weight to the counsel, to the ways, to the committee, to the directives of the wicked in this world. Secondly, he says that this person doesn't stop along the path of sinners. Now, all of us sometimes, and sometimes more than we want to, find ourselves on the path of sin but we can quickly get out of there if we want to. He says the truly righteous man might find himself in the past of sin, but stopping and sinning is something completely different. It's where this intent has happened that now I am going to rebel against God. And then thirdly, coloring around this painting, he says this person also does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Probably the strongest word here. The word scoffers, mockers, and it intends to speak about those who speak out against God and mocks God and mocks the people of God. And the psalmist says, if you want to find a truly happy person, you won't find him there. You won't find him in the back end of the council of the wicked, in the ways of sin or the paths of sin. And you also won't find him sitting in the seat of the scoffers. I also need to just show to you here that we see the regression of sin. How sin takes us from bad to worse. This ungodly world that we could live in starts just by listening to the counsel of the wicked. Allowing some of the, the opinions and the voices of the wicked to start forming us. And the next moment we find ourselves walking in the ways of the wicked. And then before we find ourselves we actually sit down and camp out there in our hearts. Turn against God and we join the mockers, the scoffers, those who speak out against the Lord. The psalmist says, the truly blessed person, blessed is the man who doesn't dwell in these places. And then he helps us understand what the blessed man's life will look like. He says, first of all, the truly happy person delights in the law of the Lord. He delights in the instructions of God. Now to the one who was writing here, when he said the word law, he was referring to the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible authored by Moses. And within those first five books, with with Moses' intent and what God wanted to bring across was the story of the way of God. That there's a people of God that God has chosen and he has a certain way for them to walk in. And when the psalmist says that the one who delights in it, he delights in the things, the precepts, the law that God has put in place. Psalm 119, way down into the book of Psalms, the longest chapter in this entire book, speaks only about that. Living in that delight. Really enjoying the word of God. Enjoying his plan. Enjoying his purposes and finding that. So when the psalmist spoke about that, he was thinking about the people of God called to live according to the plans and purposes of God and he says those who delight there will be truly blessed but not only that not only those who delight in that but then he says those who dwell upon it day and night constantly at every opportunity I'm sure he's not referring to a 24-7 mindlessness of just thinking about the Bible. But what he's trying to exclaim here in his poetic writing is that there's a way that we can live that in every moment of life we can see the word of God effectuated in it. Spurgeon speaks about this in a beautiful way. He writes this this person takes a text and carries it with him all day long. And in the night watches, when sleep forsake his eyelids, he muses upon the same text. In the day of prosperity, he sings psalms out of the word of God and in the night of his affliction, he comforts himself with promises out of the same word of God. That's the invitation to not only delight in God's ways, but to get to a place where we live so saturated by it that in every moment the word of God comes up to our souls. That's what it is to be truly happy. It's a little bit of a different invitation than what the world or sometimes our own desires offer us for happiness, those short-lived moments. You see, the instruction of God is our daily bread. It's the sustaining power that we need. And this psalmist only had five books, but here we are today with the full story, the full message. And if we, the people of God, will make this our daily bread, will dwell upon it, will delight in it, we will find true happiness. And I believe that because I've seen the fruit of that in my own life and in the lives of those around me. And that's the invitation again today for us, that we would delight in God's word. After explaining what the truly happy, blessed, flourishing, righteous person does. He then colors in the character of this person, what this person looks like. First of all, he says, this person will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. A tree planted, intentionally positioned, not just a wild tree springing up, but one that God has planted because this life, this tree has said, I want to be planted in God's ways. And then where is this tree planted? By streams, by rivers of water. The word of God is said of the word of God as the life stream of God's water, living streams of water that could run out of us. And the truly blessed person is planted in such a way by the word that there's just a whole lot of life. I'm sure that the psalmist here was thinking in his mind back to the Garden of Eden where there was a river that became four rivers, but by this river was planted a tree of life. All the fullness and goodness of life was in this river. And the garden of Eden was called the light, the garden of delight. That's what the word Eden means. And in his mind, he's saying, there has to be a way that if I live by the waters of his word, that some part of that which was lost in the garden could be experienced today. I can be like that tree of life, flourishing with life. Secondly, not only will that man be, or that woman be like a tree planted, but it will bear fruit in its season. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, humility, self-control, the whole list. The fruit of patience in tribulation and difficult times. The fruit of joy when we are in summer. To be a righteous, flourishing person colorfully presenting fruit to our Lord Jesus Christ and to those around us not having him wanting when he comes to us you see in mark 11 there's a story of Jesus walking and he sees a flourishing or supposed flourishing tree with supposed figs now the way that uh, fig tree works is that the fruit would come and then the, the then the, the branches so he saw this colorful branched tree and he thought there's fruit and when Jesus came there he couldn't find any fruit and he cursed this tree and and he died let us not be like that How are we not like that? We drink from the rivers of water and then we bear fruit in every season. We become colorful in our character. That when Jesus comes and he says, there's fruit for you to bear. I need you to go and bear fruit in the good works that I have prepared for you beforehand. Just go and walk in them. We will be ready to say, Lord, here is my fruit. I am a righteous person planted and I'm bearing fruit in season. And then lastly, this righteous person is evergreen. Always carrying life. It shall never lose its flourishing. The truly happy person always carries the sap, the essence, the green of life. They prosper at all times. This week I've heard of a brave young lady, and the world that she is in and where she studies is just filled with wicked counsel, the path of sinners the seat of scoffers and it's become quite hard for her to be in that environment and study in that environment to the point that she she wanted to leave and she sought the Lord and she prayed with her parents and they they saw Jesus and they fasted and this Young, brave woman of God said, you know what, I'm willing to go and remain in that place until my studies there is done because I know where I am planted. I know the fruit that I can bear and I know that I can flourish even in the midst of such wickedness. This week I've also heard of an older gentleman in our church who sent me a message and said, Pierre, I want to celebrate something. I completed reading the Bible From start to end for the seventh time in my life and I look at his life and I see the fruitfulness I see the fruit bearing I see the energy of life in this this older gentleman and the way he does his business and and takes care of his family and the way he impacts his community and even beyond his community how he has impact in the nations you see like this young brave lady this young girl or like the older gentleman We are invited to flourish with God, to be truly happy, satisfied, and filled with Him to the place that our life bears fruit. So to sum up, the flourishing righteous person, they keep God's instructions close to their hearts. They produce fruit. There's a fruitfulness. They are always filled with life. Even in dry seasons, you'll find leaves on them, and they flourish, and God is glorified, and throughout the book of Psalms, this picture is painted of what that person looks like. Now, our psalm continues and quickly does a little sketch about the wicked person what it looks like to be on this side the fading, ungodly, unrighteous side. And he uses a few quick words he says that the wicked are not so, they don't look as beautifully. M- Painted and, and as creatively filled as this site, they are not like this. And then he says, they are more like chaff that the wind drives away. Now what's interesting is that chaff is part of a plant at some point. But then it dries out and it becomes a lightweight. And then when it's on the chaffing floor and, and the wheat is thrown into the air, the wind comes and it takes away these lightweight, this, this dead, dried up corpses and removes it and he says that's what the wicked's path will lead to becoming completely dried out becoming a lightweight I I, I love this thought because if you think about the world those who find themselves in their sinful ways and and celebrating their sinfulness they think they're quite weighty and they've got all these things to give but in God's eyes they are lightweight even the slightest wind will have them see blow away. You see, the regression of sin that I spoke about earlier will ultimately fade a person to something that is dry and drifting off in the wind. Ephesians speaks about this. It speaks about building in your maturity of Christ so that you will no longer be carried away by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, and by deceitful themes. So the wicked man is just a lightweight blown away in the wind. And then it continues in saying that the ungodly won't be able to stand up under the weightiness of God's judgment. They are too lightweight for that. And this will happen on the day that God comes to gather the godly, the righteous, those who are planted by trees, by streams of life. It points to the final destination, not only the regression of sin, that when you go down this path of sin, you will dry up and become fading, but the ultimate end is that when God's judgment come, you will not be able to stand at all. The flourishing righteous person, however, will stand assured of their salvation on the day of God's gathering. And then in the final verse of our psalm, after he's painted the two portraits, he concludes with two paths, two portraits and two paths. He says this For Yahweh, the Lord, knows the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked will perish. And to me, this is probably the greatest promise in the Psalm. Because the word know there isn't just that he knows about or or kind of knows the, the way that the righteous will walk in and where it will end up. Because he surely knows that about sinners. The rest of Psalm teaches us he knows the way that sin goes. But when the word know is used there it says that God is intimately acquainted with the way by which the righteous flourishing person Walks And what it speaks about is about Jesus saying, I am going to walk this road with you personally, this road of walking life out as you ought to. I'm going to be acquainted with it. I'm going to know it intimately. I'm going to be with it each step that you take. And sometimes when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to be acquainted with you and walk you right through that valley. And sometimes when you get to the mountaintops and it's praise and I have saved you and I've done the things that you needed me to do on behalf of you for my glory, we're going to stand on that mountain together and we're going to bask in God's goodness. That's what it says. And here's the invitation that God is saying to each one of us today, choose which of these two portraits you want to be and then choose whichever way you want to walk. And Jesus says time and time again, I want to walk with you. In fact, he promises that I will be with you until the end of the age. Two portraits, two paths. My question this morning is, What do we look like? What do our lives look like? When God sees us, when the world sees us, do they see a masterpiece crafted with all its beautiful character? Or do they see something that's fading and light and drifting away in the wind? My second question to ask today is, what path are we on? What path are you on? Jesus said there are two paths. And he said, narrow is the road and few will find it that leads to life, to flourishing. He says, broad is the way and many will walk on it that leads to death. Do you know Jesus as your close acquaintance on this path that you're walking? Because it's in that place of walking with Him and knowing Him, the true Word, the living Word, and understanding His Word and drinking from His Word, that we will become the truly happy, blessed, righteous person. So I don't know where you find yourself at today. Maybe some of you have felt some fading in your own walk. You felt how your acquaintance with Jesus has faded away, your acquaintance with His Word. Maybe some of you have only walked down the regressive path of sin. There's another tree the tree that Jesus willingly placed upon his back, the tree of death that he has put all of his life upon and got crucified upon in order that we can become a flourishing tree of life and again the gospel becomes so beautifully clear to us in Psalm 1 that we become trees of life when we choose Jesus the close acquaintance he wants to be and we thank him that he has taken the regressive path of sin upon himself to a tree of death so that life can come to us and wherever you find yourself I believe there's an opportunity for all of us to respond, Maybe your response is just Jesus, I want to drink more from the water of life. I want to flourish more. I want to be more fruitful. Maybe your prayer is Lord, things have been fading and I feel like a lightweight in my soul. Maybe today for the first time you notice the other tree and Jesus hanging upon that tree so that you can become a tree flourishing with life. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single one of my friends as your Holy Spirit is ministering to their souls and showing them the portrait of their own lives and the paths that they are walking. I pray, Holy Spirit, that through your love, you will bring conviction to hearts today. That people will become convicted of the portrait that they show the world and the path that they are on And that you would show them, Jesus, you have taken all our guilt, all our shame, all our trouble upon you. So that today we can shift into becoming a portrait of the most high God. Exclaiming his character to the world. And we can walk this narrow road unto life. Lord, thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power. But it's because of your work and because of your spirit that we can live there. And I pray, Lord Jesus right now in this moment that hearts would respond lord that we would say we want to be truly happy we want to be fully blessed we want to be flourishing and today you showed us the way there and today jesus we choose that way jesus we say today no more settling for momentary hashtag blessed light moments lord but today we choose to be fully saturated soul satisfied blessed in you as your people. I pray, Lord, that you and your word would do a mighty work in our hearts today and from today into the seasons ahead. And I pray that in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to invite you, if you feel right now that there's a stronger response needed and you need to pray with someone or let someone know that you are on this path of fading and and you want to move your life here, we would love to pray with you. Our WhatsApp line is available and on the other side is one of our full-time staff who is responsible to get you connected to someone on our pastoral team. So reach out and say, please pray with me today. And as we as a church and as a community go through this book of Psalms, let's remember this foundation and let's be ready to be a flourishing, righteous people in the house of the Lord. Bless you.